This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I'm Cam Jansen, and you're watching Nasty Knuckles. <laughs> you're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws podcast, with your host, Terry Nasty Sotomayor, and former Philadelphia Flyer enforcer, Riley as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. All right, welcome back. What's happening, Nasty? What's up, Rigoretto, with that ZZ Top beard? You like that? Debo, bring out the shears. We're (laughs) trimming her down. Just freshly trimmed your Nast for today's recording. (laughs) Thing. Is it? Yeah. I don't believe it at all. Dude, this thing you is still look quiet. good anyway, Thanks, Riggs. brother. I appreciate it. You're still it. looking good. Hey, what's you going too? on, brother? This is it. Happy it's, to be here on this beautiful spring day. It is nice out. It yeah. is nice. Um, looking good we, yourself. We nice both. Bucky. Thanks. Yeah. New buckets in the house. Baller will get them up. People are going to have a look at them. Um, Miss Men's League last weekend. I was I in beautiful Johnstown, Pennsylvania. How'd that go? Um, uh, oh, 2-1. and one. Yeah. Not not the way you wanted it to go. <laughs> <laughs> when, you tough roadies, wins, yeah. when you needed wins to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, no, I was there. Uh, so I missed men's league. Boys pulled it out, though, yep. without you, of course. You didn't want to be there to help again. <laughs> but uh, I found a way to get it done. Uh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Who's your strong team? In Johnstown. Ran into Max Talbot, a friend of the show. Oh, yeah, Max I saw Talbot that. Max Talbot night, and... The funniest thing is, and Max, you know this is true, they acted like he never played for the Flyers. Oh, of course. They showed a nice, they had a nice video montage of him. Yeah. And uh, it was funny, though, they showed where Carbomb and him got in the fight. Yeah. They didn't show Carbomb pumping him. 
they just showed the fight start, oh, and yeah. then Max give her this one. Oh. So what really bugged me, Max, was that after that, he was in uh, the arena there in Pittsburgh. No one in the building. He must have shot this for the night. And he's just standing there, and he goes, Oh. And then, <laughs> as he walks out, he does it again. Oh. And I'm like, is that to me, dude? Is that like, because you personally. remember you were a flyer next. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we beat them in the playoffs. But um, wow. it was actually awesome seeing him. He looked great. He looked um, great. And I saw the picture, and you actually looked like 20 years younger than him somehow. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> Must I be that say anything, but yeah, no, no, that he, protocol. That's because he's not like, coloring his hair. Probably <laughs> that's probably why. A little salt and pepper. But he looked good though. He's he in did, good yeah, shape. Really good shape. And, um, what a just what a great. It was funny because he came into the locker room and all the rabble gal, all the boys on the team were like, they saw him and then they turned the music down because we were talking and he was just like, guys, you can yeah you go, <laughs> go about your business. Yeah. You know, like, it was kind of funny because but the guys were like they thought it was cool to see. Of him, course, you know? yeah, and. That's uh, great. Man, they, they draw well. Man, God, Johnstown. Yeah? Draw, they draw. What are you saying? Like 4K? I don't think it holds that many, but um, I think it holds just under 3,000. Okay, all right. But it, they pack it? I mean, they, yeah, man. It, every day, too. Like every night, Friday, nice. Saturday, Sunday. But um, anyway, it was really good to see him. And Jeff Jemerson sang the national anthem, so I felt like I was in Pittsburgh. Oh, Jeff? Again. Oh, yeah. It's the second time I've been there, and he sang. <laughs> Come on, really? <laughs> he sang the anthem. What are the chances of that? Oh, uh, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend. Also got to see uh, Dana Heinze, uh, oh, former Heinze. equipment manager with Pittsburgh for a long time. He is like the mayor in that town. Oh, yeah? Um, I had a security guard come over, knock on the glass to tell me, Dana wants to see you, oh. but he's getting ready to leave, so you got to come now. Oh, okay. I'm like, there's eight minutes to go on the period. <laughs> he's leaving the game? I left, I left the bench. <laughs> I did. Come on. Well, because the guy's like, he wants to see you, and, I, and I'm like, well, I probably won't see him if I don't go say hi. Yeah. So, Price to pay. Um, I got to see him for a couple minutes. It was great catching up. That's um, good. So anyway. Good stuff. On to the Fly Boys. Uh, the last, well, since Danny took over, they're 5-2-1. And, one, and uh, in, their last, in their last Daddy's, six. Fu- Danny's rolling. Danny's rolling. And 5-0-1 <laughs> in their last six. Um, and, and most of the contributions are coming from the kids. Yeah. Which is yeah. a great sign. It's a great sign, fan. yeah. Um, Guys playing for their lives, playing yep. for contracts next year. And, That's true. And positions on the team, obviously. Yeah. So. Frosty had a big night last yep. night. Beezer's been hot. Yep. Tyson Forster. Forster yeah, I mean, he looks he looks um, really good. Big Carter Hart with the candidate for a save of the year. What a hell of a save. Oh, my God. Our buddy Chris Mayer, I don't want to say anything, but I he was pretty excited about yeah, it. I, I messaged I so. him. Yeah, we were kidding around about it. But um, I'm like, what the hell I was save? a little worried there for a minute. He got excited about it, but what a save. Yeah. It was a stupid save. Mm-hmm. Like, really crazy. Yep. Um, couple uh, retirements yeah. this week as well, Riggs. Um, Dave Scott. Yeah. Retired. Yeah. We had heard rumblings about that. Yeah, I don't think that was uh, a shock right. to any, anybody based uh, on the way things were going. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it just paves the way for the, the, the new guy. They Well, they've mentioned Dan, this and, and announced this a while back, Dan Hilferty. Yeah. Uh, I think now it's just a little more official. From what I've heard, he's a big sports guy. Like yeah. Big Flyers fan um, from this area, which is cool. Um, so, at okay. least... He's into sports, and, and, you know, I think he'll – not that – I'm not saying Dave Scott wasn't, but he didn't really have a sports background. This guy is, is a fan, and uh, 
seems to care from what I'm hearing from some pretty good sources inside. Um, Say so he's a really good dude. So yeah, congratulations to him. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully he can bring his passion into the mix and, uh, and our good friend, Stephen Coates. Yeah. Right. Coatesy. Coates what an amazing side. human. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what a hell of a career, man. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of games. That's a lot of talking, man. Jeez. I have a feeling he's going to be around. Oh, he'll be he's around. He's going to be doing something because he can't sit still. He can't sit still, and he can't stay um, away. He needs to be uh, active. I think that would probably be the worst thing for him mentally if he, if he was just, uh, you know, completely abandoning the game and just going to be right. sitting in, you know, wherever he's at down the shore. And... I was going to say, he may move down to Florida with Clark <laughs> yeah, yeah, and play right, golf yeah, that's every probably day. Good. I don't, good think, point. That would, yeah, I don't yeah, think that yeah. would bother him too much. Yeah, that's a good point. But congrats to Coates. Yeah, Coates. Great guy, you. great friend of ours. Um, just so many great Coatsy stories. Oh, <laughs> my <man>. buddy, <coughs> excuse me, my buddy, um, chill, who, you know, we had a, we might've talked about it when he's on the show, but when we were 16, 17 years old, Coatsy was giving us a ride from Clarkie's house back over to, uh, this gentleman, his name was Ed Parvin. He was a friend of all the players. He was a realtor in the area. And Coatsy had a stash too. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he had a cigar. Yeah. And we're going across the little bridge, and he never was looking straight ahead. He was looking back at us. <laughs> and Kent found this picture of a guy with his arm like looking back, but he put Coatsy's face, and I said, there's no mustache. And two minutes later, he said, <laughs> yeah, I got to send it to Ball or Devo and have oh, him show it. It's pretty funny That's if classic. you know the story. But anyway, congrats to Coatsy. Yeah, man. Um, That's a hell of a guy. run. Um, in hockey, other other things, Johnny Carlson in Washington yeah. finally got back after that it's been a horrific long time. injury. Um, brutal injury, I should say. Like, you know, wow. But I'm, I'm glad he's back. Yeah. He's a good dude. I've known him for scary. a while. That was scary. Is that three months worth? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it a long three time. Months, yeah. I mean, wear that plastic cheese, bro. Yeah, yeah, right. I know you don't like wearing it, but... <laughs> I don't Certainly not in, in men's I, league. Yeah. That's where you're probably going to get it more. Probably. Than I probably should be wearing a cage, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. you think about the sticks Knock and wood, things are coming geez. coming around. Um, other things in the league, uh, in the East Florida, kind of falling apart yeah. there. They're hanging on, trying to catch Pitt, who's not really doing anything great either. Yeah, that's going to be a grind right to the end. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think their consistency is obviously there. And, uh, probably a crapshoot the rest of the the rest yeah. of the way it's what, eight games each yeah eight or nine yeah three i think they're three points out um and then on the other side calgary's making a little run trying to catch winnipeg who's having a tough time of late your boys the old jets oh yeah yeah um two points this is crunch them. time you know this is like the exciting time of the year where it's you know there's you know two or three teams on each side fighting for these spots and Every game, it's like, yeah. you know, the hype and then the disappointment or the vice versa. And, it, you know, it's right to the end, yeah, in my for opinion. Sure. I mean, for sure. For sure. Be interesting. It's That's the fun part now. When you're starting to get warm out, you kind of feel the playoffs coming. And some of these games uh, mean a lot to some of these teams. So, um, yeah. Interesting stat it. with with Flames. If we sort of cut you off there, but I, looking at the stats before, Winnipeg Jets, 41 regular season wins. And Calgary Flames, 34 15 overtime losses. That's a lot, dude. That's a lot. That's a lot of overtime losses. Wow. Even um, if you get half those, right? Right. If you win five of them, you have five more it's points. Incredible. You know, like, it's an incredible number. Uh, but, you know, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. So, <laughs> right. it's just kind of the way it works. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's tough to win in this league or any league, really. It I is. mean, but uh, it's, it's a grind, and you know, getting to getting to the end of regulation is one thing, but then squeezing out that extra point is a whole nother. And yeah, I'm not sure how many of those were shootout losses, but um, nonetheless, I mean, losing three on three, yeah. I, I could live with. Yeah, you know, the as shootouts. a player, the shootouts are tough, you know, know, because know. you're not losing on a hockey play. You know, right. three on three is still hockey sense involved. You know, there's still you know the element of defense and positioning right. right but yeah the shootout loss they're tough they are tough what else we got asked well i was gonna say uh we mentioned the flyers playing playing really well the last week and a half gets them further away from connor bedard yep um which people aren't happy about <laughs> i saw someone on one of our posts uh someone said gotta lose tonight boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, big loss you, tonight when you hear that oh never <laughs> gotta lose tonight yeah. boys. <laughs> Maybe we'll just keep winning and still get lucky and get him. Yeah, sure. Well, know. that's what you're hoping for, yeah. right? I mean, because it's, you know, you're, you're playing for pride every night, right? Yeah. You got a new GM. Not that it matters. You should be playing like that every night anyways. Exactly. You're playing for contracts. You're playing for, you know, lineup positions next year. All that stuff. Like, no hockey player goes to the rink and says, we're blowing this game tonight. Right. You know, because a lot of these guys won't be here anyways, you know, to experience uh, if you ever... He landed up right. coming to the Flyers, but um, but it's interesting how it goes. Like you know, they're, they're playing pretty damn good hockey. Yeah, you know, really for whatever reason, they seem to be pulling it together and getting contributions. As you mentioned, for some of these young guys stepping up and just a system. The, the team chemistry seems to be there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully you can end on a good note like that and somehow still have a chance and. Maybe, you know, for the love of God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like finding a way to get Deserve this right. <laughs> yeah. um, but we'll see. Speak, speaking of that, it's, it's, uh, you're talking about the team chemistry and how how good they are looking right now. Um, Torts came out and said he wasn't going to have a captain I next know. year. I that, that was interesting. just confusing to me. So, I love Torts. I just don't I don't understand. It seems like an untimely thing to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, why even address that? Even if you're asked about that, yeah, I'm not was, sure you was want Was he asked? I would think you wouldn't just offer that, would yeah, you? I, yeah, I didn't even yeah, see, um, but I would assume that he was asked and he made a comment on it. But I just think that again, you still have what eight nine games left here. Yeah, um, I'm not sure you need to be talking about next season's captaincy, especially with Coots coming back and you know what I mean. Right, I, and Cam probably. Yeah. You know, there's like three guys in the bucket of probably ever wearing the C. But I just thought it was a little premature to ever make that bold statement. Right, you know, but what, what the hell do I know? I mean, I mean, I think you have, you know, of at least. I mean, there's. I'm not saying there's only two guys, but you definitely have two guys there that could be the C for sure. Have the C on their jersey for sure. Um, and there's a couple comments made. We talked about this before. You know, like what does that say about your team if you don't have anybody that could rock the C? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, but which I don't agree with. I think there's, as you just pointed out, and we've talked about, there's several guys. I mean, probably. Two or three for sure that could rock the sea, right? Um, but again, I, I'm not sure the timeliness of it is was necessary. Probably could you could have probably avoided making a statement on that at all, like he does on other things. Just like I'm not going to yeah. address that now. We're going to wrap up the season. We're going to get yeah. into the off season, evaluate and go from there. You know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he might change his tune. He might. Who knows? Danny might. Change Danny his might. Tune. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you yeah, never know. Yeah, exactly. Right? So. But interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we will see. You ready to rock your nest? I'm ready to rock. Episode 111? 111 with your first tilt partner in NHL. Yeah. You had fought him before, but. A few times, yeah. 
Yeah, he's a maniac. Cam Jansen, yes. episode 111, presented to you by Cureleaf. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of their 18 locations across the Commonwealth or visit cureleaf.com forward slash locations. Nast, wake it up. Let's, Let's go. go. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Suttlemeyer. This week, we are so pleased to have one of my favorite tough guys that played in the league. I used to love watching him, just his energy. Uh, and he's brought that energy to his post-hockey career. Uh, co-host of the Cam and Strict podcast, Mr. Cam Jansen. What's up, brother? What's up, guys? What's going on? This is it, man. Good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. We we were everyone was wondering, even though you're in St. Louis, why we couldn't have you in. You guys, Riley's first fight in NHL was against you, so we yeah. just we wanted to keep. Them. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. We were laughing because I was like, I remember that. I remember that fight. You were wearing 33. 33. You had the mission helmet. Oh yeah, in Continental Airlines, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and I, I remember Johnny Stevens was standing because it was your. He was like kind of grabbing onto my arm and everything. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm fucking. I'm shadow boxing yeah. for Riles, but uh, uh, ser- in all seriously, in all seriousness, uh, you were you were seriously the first year you came in was the lockout year uh, to pro hockey, I should say. Uh, yeah, and yes. um, what what a league that year! We've talked about that with a few guys. I mean, the team, like the players that were on all the teams, it was the best league probably in hockey. I would say with so, the yeah. NHL being out. But um, I remember seeing you, uh, Cam, and I'm like, this guy looks fucking nuts, man. He is wound <laughs> up in warm-ups. And, man, I just love the way you played your, your whole career. Uh, you were one of my favorite guys to watch and saw a lot of you, obviously, in Jersey and even in St. Louis when we, when we played you guys. But uh, what's going on? Tell us what, that, man. Yeah, man. What's going on with you? Well, I'm doing the same thing you guys are doing now. Isn't it nice yeah. what we do now to <laughs> yeah, talk and reminisce with all the older guys that you either played with or you didn't know or reconnect with guys? We have a pretty good gig going, but it's funny you bring up that 04 lockout year. Yeah, dude, I was – God, I think I just turned 20 years old. That was a psycho year. There's heavyweights in every team. I mean, everybody was loaded with just monsters. I didn't know anybody, and uh, it kind of forced you to be tough when you started in 04 during that lockout year. If you're, a, if you're a kid coming up, man, like you're going to have your hands full with some grown men right out of juniors, you know? It's a big difference. Right. Oh, you got yeah. a 32-year-old guy that's been through the grind who's got four kids. He needs to, you know, <laughs> fight for his family. He's been doing it for decades, and you're like, you have to deal with that now. It's a big difference. You know what I'm talking it's about, Riley. Yeah, I know. It's a different animal. And, you know, I wasn't an established fighter in juniors. I mean, I think I had 20 fights in, in four years. I know you were. You know, you you had adopted that role, and I remember Josh Gratton was on the team, and he you know kind of gave us a little bit of you know heads up on you and you know what you're all about, and obviously looking at your pims and all that stuff, you know knew you were a gamer, but uh, it's a, it's a different animal when you're fighting men, right? I mean, it's, it's it's certainly a different approach versus I mean, you were obviously probably the champ, you know, in the O there fighting guys that were a lot less strong than you, but uh, it's a different approach, yeah. you know, the strength and, yeah. and just like the, the, the technique and, and the timing, yeah. People yep. talk about that. No, that is a real thing. I was <laughs> my strongest, even when I w- wasn't playing, like I felt like my strongest. And my dad always told me, he goes, I was my strongest when I was in my 30s, like mm. my 35, 
you know, and now, now people could have strength in their forties because of just nutrition and stuff. He was a construction guy, spraying tar, but his thirties, he was the strongest. You would, you finally put everything together. You know how to use your strength. Yeah. That's a wake up call. Hey, I will say this real quick, Riley. That year, uh, maybe it was the next year after that, when we first, it was at the spectrum. I remember going in and I was running through a couple guys off the bat or to have really good fights with really tough guys. And I was getting a little cocky and we're at the spectrum and my buddies came up from they're in DC. They, they took the train up and a couple of my buddies came up and I fought you for the first time. And you're that lefty and you were strong and you embarrassed me, dude. You got me spinning and you're throwing uppercuts and I couldn't get going on you. And that was like one of my first wake up calls uh, fighting you the first time at the spectrum, not in the NHL. It was, yep. yeah. And I didn't really no, know I remember. You. And you ragdolled me and it was, it was very embarrassing and I didn't like it. <laughs> well, who does? Yeah, well. You were a little pissed off too. Yeah. You looked pissed That's, afterwards. You, you were rattled. You were mad. Yeah. Yes. My buddies are in town too. And I'm like, yeah, good. I needed that though. In all honesty, like sometimes when you're doing good, you just need to get smacked around a little bit. Now you're like, oh, okay. Now I can't be that you, sometimes you, be, you have to be humbled to Definitely. keep your rhythm going. Right. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Getting yeah. humble now and then is a good thing because you, you're only as good as your last fight and you can, you can kind of lose, you know, lose reality a little bit when you're, you know, you're winning and everything's great and everything, you know, on top of the world. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, uh, you know, shit hits the fan. But, uh, you know, yeah. if you call that, a, you know, a, a bad loss, you know, you, you could you could learn a lesson and not get your ass totally beat and break your face or something like that. You know, it's a simple oh, lesson. Man. And I, yeah, well. But uh, you know, I, I've lost my fair share too, right? So it's it's just part of the it's part of the game and part of the job, man. And you show up and fucking every night's a little bit different, right? I mean, but you still got to entertain, though. So even to. if even if we, so it's like, well, just go fight, guys. Well, it doesn't work that way. I gotta. Not only do you have to fight him, we gotta put a show on. So if you yeah. just like, I fight and I just hold on, and you and you beat me and I lose every fight, guys are like, okay, whatever. Now. You got, you're going to get sent down. You still got to perform. So it's like an entertainment aspect too. So, yeah, you could just show up. But we had to do things and get the crowd into it and get your team into it. You got If you look at the fights now, and I get it. It's, oh, yeah. It's, and that's fine. The skill's up there. I get all that. I've accepted that for, for years now. But, like, no one's – the fights are there, and they'll throw each other down. And once in a while, they'll go toe-to-toe, and I get that. But the bench is just like, yeah, whatever. All right, let's move on. But back when we did it, we had to do enough to where you can look at that bench and be like, yeah, because otherwise, why would you have a song there if you're not pumping your team up? Yeah, I know, right? No, right? It's a really good point. It's different, different animal back then. And the entertainment piece was a real thing. And I think you were probably one of the best at it, you know, to actually prolong the fight. I mean, you had an amazing Oof. endurance, you know, you'd wait out and take, you know, a flurry at the, at the start and then you'd weather the storm and then you come back strong but like, you, you were you were probably way more about the entertainment than, than i was you know i was just going you know self self-preservation just yeah, yeah just <laughs> just yeah, just, I, just just unleashing but you but, perform, I mean, yeah but you yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I have to try for sure but uh but different animal for sure and i thought you were one of the best at you know that having that balance of like being a legit fighter and and bringing the energy and entertaining because you, yeah. you you draw drew the fight the fight out a lot longer than most guys did. Yeah, guys yeah. guys wanted the lineys to come in and you're like, nope. nope stay away. I used to love that man yeah. when I watched. Well, I had to do that. I had to have a style because 
I'm still 5'11 and 3'4s, you know. Like, I got to go. If I'm going to go, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't go toe to toe with you because you're going to get, you're going to get four inches of power on me every single time. I'm going to get corked. So I have to have a game plan. What am I going to do? I can throw less now. I learned how to throw a bowl. I learned how to box at a young age and do hockey fight training. I figured that out at a young age, going to different gyms and stuff. So I'm like, I have to have a damn game plan. When I went with you, not the first time, but the first time in NHL, I went right with you against you. And, and I, I, maybe I went left with you, and we kind of went, and then I found my way, and we went toe-to-toe. Like, I had a game plan against you. And so, like, I had to have that. Or these these big guys, they're going to they're gonna catch you, and you're going to get ragdolled, and you're going to get caught with one. So it was a lot to it, man. It really was. It stresses you out, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I, I was. It's, it's funny you said that, Cam, because I was going to ask you, like, you, you were, like I said before, I just love the energy you brought and, and Riles was the same. Um, I saw yeah. Riley every day for a long time, but like, yeah. you, you know, I watched a lot of, I'm a hockey nerd and I watched a lot and then in seeing you play so many times, was it, um, did you have a hard time? Uh, we've brought, we've, we've asked a few guys, this like having a nap in the afternoon, knowing what you had to do. Like you said, it was stressful. Did it stress you out that way? Or were you able to relax day of game or, or night before the game? Well, I mean, I can go deep with that question. Um, <laughs> but like, if I'm a, if I'm normal and I'm, yeah, like that's, you're always thinking about it. I'm thinking about it, but I could play it cool. Like I'm not going to go in the locker room like, oh, good. Not like, hey guys, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Although it's still in the, like, it's always ticking in your back. You got the guy saying, hey, just remember you got, you got to deal with some hardcore stuff. You know, like you just, oh, it's always in the back of your head. Even when you're sleeping, sometimes you have help because you probably went out the night before or whatever the case is, so it's easy to nap. Whether you got demons talking or not, you can still get to bed because who knows what you did the night before. But in reality, though, man, like that worries me until right when I get on the ice. Then I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Let's go. And it right. just stops. Yeah. It's like I don't give a shit. But leading all the way up to that, you can play as cool as you want and act happy in front of the guys. But there's always somebody barking at you. Your mind's barking at you the whole time. And rightfully so. Because once that's gone, that's when you get hurt. You always got to remember, like, you got to take care of business. So, <laughs> dude, you look back on it now, man. Like, it wore me out. I didn't think of it at the time. But then you, you retire and you're like, oh, you're like, damn. Like, that yeah. was really stressful. <laughs> but we played oh, yeah. it cool. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, yeah, no, I, I can – Totally relate. And I started to notice probably my my last year, maybe the year before, like really how much it was stressing me out. And, you know, there's a point early in my career, I actually like really enjoyed it, right? It was a new challenge, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, you know, this is my path. And, you know, it was like something cool. larger than life you're kind of grabbing onto. Did, did you ever get to a point where, where, you, where you didn't love it anymore and you recognized that? Or did you love it right till you retired? I was always a guy that I was... I was wanting to fight guys when I'm like 14, you know, I wanted to pick on like an old 40 year old man. And I mean, like I, I got, it's funny. I, I just told a story in Nashville with all the, we had a, a big, uh, by the way, I got, you need to, we, we just had like a huge like hockey fantasy camp in Nashville. I'd like to meet up with some of you guys and do that in Philly and stuff. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Let's do it. Yeah. But yeah, like just story time out the ass, man. And I'm telling a story and I'm just, I'm telling guys like, I, I when I was 14, like I was wanting to f- like fight. And like at one time at the Lake of the Ozarks, I remember like there's this lake by our we had this little cabin at a lake, and there's this bar down the road, and all these grown men 
are going to this bar to go do their thing. And I'm chirping them with my buddies at 14. And I'm chirping this guy. <laughs> and this 40-year-old guy comes up and goes, what would you say, little punk? And he picked me up and threw me down. And I ripped my shoulder out right before I was going to go into junior camp. Oh, I know, no. just talking shit. I wanted, I was always aggressive like that. It was just so stupid. My dad was so mad at me. But I was always aggressive. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Not in a weird, like, bully, weird way. But more like I, it got my adrenaline going. And when right. you have a good fight, there's something to it. Like walk around knowing that you're, I'm going to stick up for my buddies. Like I like that. Like you feel like a superhero kind of in your own little bubble. Right. But, um, but that was a little wake up call. Don't ever pick fights when you're young, a 40 year old grown <laughs> man, you know, walking into a bar. Um, but yeah, so I liked it. But at the end of my career with all the weird shit that happened to me throughout it, with just like, Oh God, painkillers and uh, dude, being on Suboxone. And that's just a whole different world that we can get into if you want. But at the end, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. And I always thought that I was going to get rocked by somebody and catch one. Like I was due to get knocked out, I felt like, right? Like I never really got caught too, too bad. And I was due to get one. And that was always in the back of my head, too, building up. Sorry, that was long-winded. So, uh, that was no, long-winded that's, no, it's, so no, that's what's going good. on when you think yeah, right. That's I, good insight. Um, well, talk talk about that. You alluded to the Suboxone and all that stuff. I mean, I, I know like substance abuse is a, is a thing in society. You know, sports, the hockey world is like microcosm of the macro. I mean, there's a lot of people that would suggest that the role itself, <clears throat> excuse me, is what's leading to a lot of the stuff. But it obviously plagues skilled guys too. I mean, talk yeah, about that. Anyway. Talk about that a little bit and uh, and how you were able to overcome it. Well, dude, it's still like okay. It all happened. I'm in, I have an addictive personality with all kinds of stuff. You know, like I was partying at a young age, but I was always disciplined to play hockey. Like I knew I was good. I worked out. I, I worked out hard three, four times, a, uh, you know, a day whenever you have to lead up to stuff. Like the, the work ethic was never, a, a, you know, a problem with me. But the substance stuff, man, like I, you know, I've, I've always partied. And, I, and I've tried all kinds of different things. And I've always been able to like, get in and out of things, right? Like if you're high school, like shit was all over the place in high school. Like, oh, what do you got there? Like, let me try this. Let me do that. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I was able to get in and out of all that stuff, still keep focused, keep playing hockey, do my thing, use my athletic ability. Um, but once I got injured mm. and I'm sitting by myself in Jersey, right? Because uh, I never really got hurt before that. And juniors, like, I never really got hurt. And I dabbled with painkillers here and there because it made me feel good, which is such a horrible thing. A lot of people, when they deal with painkillers, that makes them feel like shit, just like my dad and my wife or a couple of my buddies. It makes them feel like shit. Well, some people, you eat those things. Now you're like, oh, God, damn, that's heroin. You're like, yeah, right. oh, exactly. Let's exactly. Baby, let's go. It hits you in a different way. That's how it is with me. Mm. So when I was young, I remember ripping my shoulder out. With big Georgie Peros, you know, in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that was god awful. If you ugh, if you look up that video, it just pops out. It was horrific. And I nice. I got it. I, so I'm I'm home alone for I have my own house there. I'm a young kid, and I'm there with 190 of these damn things, and I'm just Jeez. taking them. And you're like, okay, and it's nobody's fault but mine because they're like, hey, the doctor said take two. If you feel anything, take two. Four hours later, don't take any between. Well. After a while, you're chilling. I'm having my buddies over that you meet. I got no, nothing to do. I can't even leave the house. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. isolated from everybody. And again, 
it's not the devil's fault. This is, they told me exactly what to do. I need to get rest. I went home. There's things that you could do, right? Uh, but I had those damn painkillers and I just kept eating them. And you're bored. And I'm like, oh, let me take a couple more. And then you build that ladder up. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I don't need them anymore. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm withdrawing. Why do I feel like I have the flu times 10? And now mm. I need to go off the market to get them and this, that, and the other. And it piles up. So I dealt with that for a long time. Long time. Now, I, I didn't take them because I, I had pain all the time. Now, I didn't take them because I was scared to fight guys. No, I took them because I wanted to party. Uh-huh. Like, if that made you feel good, like I was partying and it just made you feel good. And then once you get to a certain point, it, it, it's hard to get off of them, man. And you have to really put on a clinic in a locker room so no one knows you're so depressed. It's un, it's horrific. It's a horrific experience, but you got to suck it up and deal with it because you did it yourself. Like I did all that myself. Like that was all self-induced and I had to find my way to get out of this damn jam. And, you know, I mean, I can go on and on and on, but it, I, I finally did. And it took a lot of time with Suboxone. I brought that up. Suboxone is a masking agent where it'll block, it'll block your, it's, your scepters, whatever it is, yeah, to want to receptors. crave that opioid craving mm-hmm. heroin feeling. So it just makes you block. So if Riley and I got to still take care of business on the ice and you're on the Suboxone, which I did later on in my career when I'm in the minors, which is 10 times worse because you're not making that money. Now you're figuring out what the hell am I going to do afterwards? I'm down and out and I'm blah because of this medicine. Like every day I want to, like if I had to go somewhere, like let's go, like I'm ready to go. This makes you blah. Now, I'm not craving, I'm not an addict anymore. It blocks out my drinking and all that stuff. Now, trust me, I had to learn the hard way on that part. But it makes you blah, and I still had to go fight. So my point is, that was a miserable experience, and I had to just suck it up and deal with it. Um, so, look, I could get so deep. We don't got enough time. But <laughs> that, if you need, I mean, anybody has any questions about it, man, I, can, I, I, I talk to people all the time about it. Um, but I got out of it, and I'm great now. I got other issues. Don't get me wrong. There's always something. <laughs> we all do. We all do. I got. I'm good now. No, no. But I don't crave painkillers anymore. I don't even yeah. think about them. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a big one, man. And I appreciate your honesty because yeah. we know. I mean, we know a lot of guys that have battled those demons and 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 still do, honestly. In between the pills and and the alcohol. Um, it's a tough combo, you know. And uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's like we all got some sort of underlining pain. I mean, you got on them because of, you know, some inflammation around the, the injury itself, but I mean, it, it's starting to mask some other things too. Right. And then you, you start feeling good and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a steep, steep hill. Um, don't um, do it. You don't have to do it. No. Listen, they work. I, when I got done with them, just so all you guys know, I still had surgery. I had to get done and I never took another painkiller again. I had like, they had to put stuff like through my growing and, all this stuff, and I didn't need pain. There's other things that are not addictive. They could, they you, you could take Tylenol at 800, and I know it's it's not as much, and you don't really get addicted to that because of of other things. But there's ways to get around it without getting back on that opioid hellhole. And you know, I, I'm telling you, I did it firsthand, just so you guys all know, so you kind of feel better about it. Because there's going to be a lot of guys that listen to your show, and they're like, oh yeah, 
I know what he's talking about for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And just to build it off that before we move on is like, I mean, I dealt with similar stuff and my, my last two surgeries to your point on there's better alternatives out there. Yeah. This is when I kind of had this aha moment around cannabis being like, you know, say the ultimate pain management tool. My last two surgeries, I just used cannabis because I was, uh, I told myself I'm not going down this hole again. Uh, you know, I had a finger surgery and a, and a nose surgery. Um, and, I, and that was it. I never, never touched a, a pill since. And, uh, because yeah. I just, I just saw the, the downward spiral that was happening, you know, again, just using these things irresponsibly out of the context of pain management and, and then, you know, mixing with alcohol and putting the party, it's just, uh, it's dark. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't wish it on anybody. So if we can bring any, any awareness around this as you are, and, and we are here, um, you know, we can hopefully save a life or two because it's, it's, it's dark and you don't wish it on your worst enemy. It's the worst of the worst, man. Yeah, it, it, it truly is. But th- there's ways out of it. So just so you guys know, you're pr- yeah. so even some of you right now that are listening are probably like, oh, my God, I'm so, how can that be? I'm in such a jam, dude. I was in such a jam and I had to hide it just like you guys all know. And there's ways to get out. And I didn't have money at the time. Like you think, well, Cam, you had money. Now, at that time, I spent so much money on that shit. On, I could have guys drop it off at three o'clock in the morning on Christmas Eve at my house in St. Louis. Are you kidding I had dealers everywhere, they on the ball. I mean, so it's ugh, it was brutal. Yeah, but you get through it. It's all good. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, man. Props that's, to you. That's great. You got through that because, like, I was just gonna say, twenty six years in in pro hockey. Like, I saw it sucks to see. Like, if I would have had you, it would just sucks to see that. Maybe maybe no one knew that, but there have been players that I knew, and you just feel terrible and. It's it's a tough thing to watch, and it's something that people don't take into consideration sometimes with you athletes that you're human beings, mm-hmm. and it's it's not it's better always, now. Yeah, it's, it's better it's, now. So anyway. they're not handing it out loosely like here you go. Who wants this? Who wants that? Like yeah. no one's doing that right. anymore. Like you can't painkillers are so hard to get anyway. Like even if you wanted a doctor shop, like it's like the doctors are on the ball. They don't want to get into a jam. So right. a lot of things have changed. There's more eyeballs on it. Um, but still, like, there's, pe- there's a lot of people that don't feel like they don't have any hope. You'll get out of it. Even if you're going cold turkey and you think you're going to die, and, oh, God, you will be better. It will get better. And you're going to feel like, like a new person. And you'll, so you just got to get through the tough part. So Yeah, that's the truth. Appreciate you, uh telling us about that yeah 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 we go on for days on that uh you know because it's an important topic but uh you know shifting gears you know it's getting back to you know say the current day nhl obviously (laughs) things have evolved quite uh uh, quite a bit since you retired and i retired you know obviously with fighting being the most prominent the obvious thing is skill levels through the roof as you mentioned uh talk about the state of the nhl and and uh, you know and, and how you see this uh evolving you know the queue removes uh, fighting from you know that junior league, um, how this thing trickles into the NHL, and how do you see this thing morphing moving forward? You know what? I, I've, I've been asked this quite a bit. If they would have, um, if they would have done the what, they, what they're doing in the Quebec League to us, you know, in two thousand three, four, five, when guys are roaming and doing their thing, and everybody in the game was a part of, like, they knew somebody was going to do something. There's going to be two heavies going at. Something was always going to happen. If that, if they would have been like, and they just said, there's no fighting now, it would have been an uproar. All hell would have broke loose. Fans would be going crazy. But now, you're like, mm-hmm. okay. 
Like, is there really yeah. that many good tilts? Is there anything? So it's like, it doesn't really bother me anymore. If you tell me you're taking away hits, I'd be like, whoa. Yeah. Now that is a big deal. Fights, like, who cares? I'm, I'm yeah. serious. Like, who cares now? Like, even the fights now, like, they're not even, they're just like, uh, I'm going to, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to throw you down. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And most of the time, it's Jacob Truba literally murdering a guy with a hit. And somebody's <laughs> like, watch me, guys. I'm going to take care of this. And Truba just yeah. like, he gets a two, five, and ten. So not only did Jacob True, but knock out your best player. Another dipshit on the team comes over and tries to fight him, <laughs> does nothing, and gets a two and a five. And then you, Jacob True, scores on the power play. What is yeah. like that's just dumb. Just like yeah. so, like if you if fighting's out of the game, it really I think wouldn't really matter to a lot of people anymore. Now you go back fifteen years and you cut it in half, people would go nuts. But now it's just like ah, there's skill, there's still hits. I, I like the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with think? you. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, I still, I still feel like a, a little bit of accountability is, is, is necessary to keep, you know, some bit of honesty, you know, yes, okay. there's no, you know, heavies floating around. Uh, and I do appreciate this is a highly skilled game. And I think, to your point too, like I, I think we've seen this evolve over time. That it's like it's not like a surprise. Like oh yeah, one day they open up this can of worms and say no fighting, uh, but it's been like you know slowly being phased out uh, from the junior levels already. They're minimizing the fighting majors. I mean, you know the max fighting major in the NHL is probably Deloria with eleven yeah. fights or something like that. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a process, but uh, but I, I I don't know. I guess maybe maybe I'm still hanging on to the old mentality a little bit like the essence of like the hockey game hey yeah. you got excited <laughs> hey listen cam you got excited when flower came flying down to see your boy oh, better yes. yeah come on no, you yes. want like i didn't say you damn right i do i still <laughs> love it i want him to go jakey neighbors i could give this little kid a shout out just turned 21 years old he's a young kid playing for st louis he he actually exchanged had an exchange in a fight last night. You know what I mean? Like they actually were trading punches and the crowd went nuts. I love that. I do. But like I just it's I just think that it's just gonna get weeded out and you just have to accept it. And and, yeah. and I think if it hits, if there's if they really if you can't knock anybody over anymore with hits, then the game's really gonna change. But if there's no fighting, and if you do fight, maybe it's a bigger penalty. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to, at this point, I don't know if that's going to turn off a ton of people. We'll chirp yeah. about it and stuff like that, but I think people are still going to go. But again, totally. you go 12 years ago when we were doing our <laughs> yeah. thing and yeah. everybody was like, I can't wait. What's happened? Oh, Cote and Jansen. Oh, let's do it. What are they doing? Then if yeah. you're like, nope, they can't do it anymore, but they would go psycho. Yeah, hundred percent. There have been, pro been protests back in the day, but protests. yeah, it's it's been you know, 12, 13, 15, you know, twenty years, you know, has passed. And uh, again, the game this evolved so much. The skill is through the roof, and yeah, I think people have almost forgotten about the old school hockey. Honestly, so yeah, it's like guys out of sight, out of mind. Kids, to forget, dude. I do the radio, man, and you talk to these kids and stuff like that. You do all this stuff. You hear people's take on everything and you know who the old school guys are then you know the like the next generation but then you know this like new generation of hockey fans like uh i'll give you an example like uh my uh, little producer uh young kid on on, on on my podcast like he didn't he knew me because he was from here and i was loud 
but like he doesn't know any heavy like he just doesn't he didn't grow up watching that and the fighting stuff like he's just like oh what's we'll have some of these old school tough guys on and and he'll be like who's this again i'm like okay so he's past that point yeah and right. it's telling you it's a new generation totally but i think they still like the game look in st louis we have the battle hawks which is a xfl team we've had the rams we've had the Cardinals football. We've seen it all. Now we have a major league soccer team. You got the Blues. The Cardinals are the biggest big dick going. They are gigantic here. But when people go and watch hockey games still, whether there's fighting or not, like it's still different than everything else. When I was a kid, I went to Cardinals games. I'm like, what? What's going on, Dad? Like, oh, the arch is cool. Oh, cool people. Oh, what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. But when he took me to the Blues games, he took me up, and I saw Twister yeah. and Chaser and Red Hall, and they were unbelievable. They're doing cool things like Twister's taking off all shit, like Chaser's chirping guys, like walking around spinning a stick around, like bumping. I'm like, what? The, like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's the coolest thing in the world. And so, like, so, but even if you take that part out, like watching Holly score it, and watching the how the speed of the game, it's always going to attract the youth because how mm-hmm. unique it is and how fast it is. And he still hit guys, but yeah, I, I, I do miss like the old school shit, man. I'm not going to, I'm not an old like, yelling. At, I miss old school, but like, I, I find myself if NHL network has like an old school OHL game on or a W Memorial cup game from like 2003 or something, or like a game from 96 playoff game. Like I'm watching that dude. If it's yeah. a game from 2000, I don't know. 17. I just, I don't know. I, I like the old school stuff, man. I do. Except for the hooking and clutching in the nineties. Yeah. That right. was aggressive yeah, for that sure. Was that was well, let me ask you, let me ask you this. You talk about like Jacob Truba, just say for argument's sake, they, they, they take fighting out of the NHL and then, you know, Truba blows a guy up. Like, or, like how, how does this, how does this play out? Like, is it just like special teams and we're just going to like, de- like just deal with it and have, go back to cage rage and, you know, like well, how's how, it playing how, out now? Well, is I mean, really, is anybody I mean, really guys do step in? I mean, there's no heavies, obviously, besides maybe you know a handful in, across the league. But at least like a guy pretends to show up, like you know, like yeah, yeah they're, they're not they're not I chucking know. I'm gonna from miss downtown. That part. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna miss that part. Like that. That's gonna that's gonna be a. We're gonna look at that like, eh. But <laughs> like, what happens now? Like, it's not like he's. It's not like you're tapping on his door and throwing them left bombs on him. And like knowing that I'm going to get you and my coach is going to put me out every two and I'm going to find you. And if, if you don't want to go me, I'm going to catch you with your head down. Like you're going to be hard to deal with. And the refs are going to be like, no, like I, you'll probably let you do extra things because they let me do extra things because we we're nice to them. And mm-hmm. we didn't go overboard with crazy, crazy stuff once in a while. But like they'll let us get away with some stuff like that all worked out. But now it's like. I don't know. You got to find a way to hit them back. Yeah, I guess. Right. Down. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know? I know it's kind of sucks, man. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I think I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know it's like it's a. I guess it's like a. It's right. not, not just being biased because we played the role, but I'm just thinking like you know the essence of it. Like yes, the heavy the heavyweights are gone, but like there's still guys that care and are passionate and, and that are pissed off. Like yes, the fight don't look as good and doesn't look as like aggressive, but like at least like the. At least you can still answer the bell, you know. But uh, you know, I play both sides, but I get it. I mean, I, better, I get where it's, it's going. It's still better than like 
you know, like guys get chopped. And I, we got that MLS team. I'm like kind of watching, you know, like they just go down. Like still hockey still has like a cool style to it. Like, again, yeah. you understand. Like I'm from the middle of the United States of America. I'm from like 50 miles outside of St. Louis, Missouri. I have to take in consideration how other people watch other sports here. It's not just mm-hmm. Canada hockey, everything. It's, it's not like you got to be unique and different to get everybody's attention. There's a lot going on, you know? So hockey still like provides that man. Like I was never that big of a sports fan. Like I was obsessed with my own career and what I'm doing. So I never really got into that much stuff. But now that I have to doing a damn radio show every day in this town, <laughs> we're like, I, I keep comparing it. And I talk to people and I listen to people. It's still as a whole has a really cool thing going. It just does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's, people argue this one for forever yeah, i think you yeah. know you got the old guard versus the new and it's it's always this balance of uh you know do we need it really need it you know the, we love the skill and uh, i appreciate it all but you know the essence of hockey has always been rooted in like you know these, know these the extra dimensions that uh that prove to be like powerful respect. right in their own yeah respect like, man it's just like accountability just, like what like sticking up for each other like whoa not like in baseball, like sometimes I'm gonna throw a pitch at you, and then and then we're all gonna go <laughs> yeah. like I'm gonna come out like I got you, like you skate by the bench, like I'll get all you. What are you gonna do? Like you're so, but we're the last ones to do that. Yeah. So don't you yeah. feel like like we're kind of like in a selfish way, and we have podcasts and stuff. Like we're always mentioned. People always want to hear our story about how it was because we're the last kind of ones to do it. You know what I mean? Like because it faded quick. It faded what in two thousand. I don't know, seven sixty. It's just fading like fast. Fading, yeah. it's so real fast. Guys. So we'll always be remembered in a selfish way. If you want to be selfish about it, so whatever, you know. Yeah. No, it's true. It's yeah. true. It's 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 a lot yeah. different. I I per, it's funny because Cam, you probably know, like the equipment guys always love the tough guys. Eh? Like yeah. and we always love to fight the guys that are not going to be fighting. Yeah. We love the fights, but don't want to be in one. But uh, I, I would miss it from the game, like Riley said. Just I know it's not like it was, but I think sometimes I feel like some of the accountability would go away for some of these players that are kind of rats, and you know would would get away with things, but. It is what it is. I guess we'll yeah. see. I don't. I don't really care that the queue's not having it. Yeah. But I definitely don't want it to leak to to this. And I did want to bring up one thing. I saw um, you played in the North American Hockey League there in St. <laughs> Louis. I'm actually. I came out of retirement and I'm working for uh, the Philadelphia Rebels here. This is the first year, and I saw you had 244 pims. Uh, and I know it was a different time. I, I get it, but I don't think we have 244 pims combined. Yeah, like not. Right. I don't mean fighting. <laughs> well, so, that year, that year was goofy, man. Like it was great for me because I was playing at home. I was just a kid. Like I think I just I was 15, 16 years old. I think my dad had to drive me to practice, and we had Rick Zombo was coaching, and he got fired, which sucked. Ricky Zombo is the coolest. He's coaching Lindenwood University, D1. They're going up and giving everybody a competitive game. They're big. They're tough. He's such an awesome, smart man. Comes on my radio show every Thursday. We shoot the shit. He's so cool. He got fired right before I made that team. And we went through a carousel of coaches. And I was their fucking heavyweight. And my (laughs) buddies would come to the games. They would skip school. They gave me like a pager. I would miss like four classes a day and it was all excused. No one in St. Louis understood what the hell I was doing except for my buddies. And they would leave school and follow me and I'd go play these games and I'd had a bandana on 
I'm wearing a cage. I'm honestly a child. And I'm going, it's all on YouTube. I'm going buckets off, spinning my bucket, fighting 20-year-old guys. And like no one's like, Cam, go play. Cam, just play the game. Learn how to get the puck off the wall. Learn the <laughs> game. Your dad didn't play. Your mom, there. you're the first-generation player in your family. Learn the goddamn game. No, no. I'm buckets off every goddamn <laughs> night like a psychopath. And then I got drafted to the OHL. And they taught me things, and I put it all kind of together, and it worked out, and you get noticed. But that year was so crazy. But if Rick Zombo was there, he would have – I know, what if, what if, what, Riley, you got 50 yeah. of those two. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like he just sort of been like, hey, psycho, calm down, <laughs> learn how to do shit instead of going buckets off. And I, I want to see the bandana. I want to like see the that. bandana too, <laughs> like, man. Yeah. Footage. Go on YouTube it. and look up – Look up my fights. I, I take my jersey off in front of my like my high school friends are there. It's, <laughs> it's I know. Instant legend, hey? Instant legend it's for like, sure. I wish I would have known that. Nasty Knuckles listeners, it's time to get your real estate in top form. You need DLI Commercial to help you on your next construction project. These experts know how to take your project from the penalty box to all-star caliber. From complete build-outs to major renovations, they've got you covered. Let DLI Commercial help you make your next construction project a real power play. For more deets, you need to head on over to their website, DLICommercial.com. Well, then you come back to to St. Louis and play in the NHL. I mean, talk about that because that must have been surreal. I had two different lives, man. I had my play, hanging out with the boys, being a guy, funny, da-da-da, you know, deal – and then I got the pressure. I grew up there. I went to high school there. I know everybody. I bought the house next to my parents when <laughs> Lou and the devil signed me when I was 18 years old. They knew my mom and dad didn't have any money. They knew I needed money to work out. So they signed me for a couple hundred grand. <laughs> right when I turned 18, right when I got drafted, they signed me. Because they knew I had to have money to work out. Otherwise, right. what am I going to do? Go get a job? No, like it doesn't work. Like So he signed me right away. I spent that goddamn money. Oh, God. <laughs> all my buddies never had money in my life. Taking the boys out every night, still did oh, all yeah. my workout stuff. But oh my, I went by so fast. But yeah, go, so that, having that and, and and kind of figuring it out, but getting traded to the Blues and 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 dealing with being at home, being next to my parents, buying that house when I was eighteen, so everybody knew where I grew up. Everybody came over to my house. You had like I wanted to entertain everybody, man. Like I'm showing off to. Maybe the, all the girls that, you know, my wife's here, all the girls that didn't you know, know you in high school. Well, now they know you. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, you're right. doing shit. And, and, you know, in your own little world, like you're like the guy. And so that it was fun for a while. But but then you, to balance that, there was just a lot going on, man. You're getting yeah. pulled in 50,000 directions. I want to please everybody. I was a yes man. You got people ripping you off, maybe coming. Hey, I want to get a new. Uh, electronic system for my house. Have some guy come in. He just does everything. I don't care. Take, you know, that yeah. just little lessons that you learn. Um, and it got a little too much. And then maybe I lost focus here and there. And I was going through different things with God, you know, drugs and partying and trying to balance working out and girls and just, you know, it was just too much. But then you go back to the devils and now you're back. They're like, oh, what's up? Okay. Let's go. What do we got? Let's, yeah. uh, what do yeah. I, you know, what do I need? 
So it's just like yeah. two different worlds, man. I don't know. I can, I can imagine, man. Yeah. I had some uh, uh-huh. a couple of guys that worked with me and uh, worked with the Devils and some of my friends, obviously, over the years. I got to know them. And Lou, uh, Luke runs a tight ship there, obviously. Hell yeah. Um, you got you got any good Lou stories? We've 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 had a few, <laughs> had a few, but I like uh, he seemed to really like you, I because like like he did that favor for I don't want to say favor, but I guess kind Heard of a it. favor signed you at eighteen, and and then oh. you know after you were in St. Louis, he brought you back, and you could tell like he really liked you and, and the way you played the game. But uh, do you have any any good Lou Lou stories? Well, I got I mean, there's a lot, and I don't want him to like he uh he got mad. I went on Chicklets one time and told the story, and he actually God sucked. He was mad. Like even I don't even work for him, and I'm doing all right, you know. And he knows, but like I, I always, he's always still on my mind. Like, yeah. <laughs> and if I wouldn't have got drafted by the Devils, now they had Marcel Pronovo in Windsor, right? Marcel Pronovo, legend, and he was a Devil Scout in Windsor. So he's right there. So he watched every one of my games in Windsor. And it, you know how it is, Riley. We're just putting on a show. And he's like, probably telling Lou, hey, you got this kid. You'll love him. He was nice to everybody. Da, da, but he's a little crazy. Just control yeah. him. And he's going to be okay. And that was like my conduit to Lou to start off. So Lou did do me favors, man. Signed me right away. It worked. Like I was ready to go. I was ready to fight guys at 20 years old and lead the league and do all that. I, I probably would have got called up that year as a young right. kid. The first year during that lockout. But, you know, I did. He, I, I was wild, man. Like, he knew a lot of things. But he, <laughs> he did and he didn't. Like, he would he would torture me at times. Not tor- I don't want to use that word because I, I know it always gets back. He, he was good with me. And I needed it so bad. If the Blues at the time would have drafted me and I would have went right there, I would have been a fucking disaster. But mm. going to that organization... Being wild, you know, confident, wild, whatever, just full of piss and vinegar. Like he was, I was able to be so, I never wanted to let him down. My mom and dad loved him so much. Like they knew that I needed that, you know, and this, I'm just a a fourth round, whatever. But in my little bubble, like that was such a big deal to be under his realm. Like it truly was. And he keep an eye on me. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'd mess up here and there. And he'd call me in the office in front of all the guys (laughs) when I'm young. And they'd be like, oh, I'm like, oh, God. I know what you did last night. And I'm like, oh, wait, what is it? Like, what I do? I was <laughs> out guy, older guys, too, you know. And yeah. he'd do this kind of stuff with me. And I'd go out there, and I'd, I'd always be on time. I was always the first one there. I wanted him to see me in the locker room. I don't give a shit if I slept that night. And I had to go right. change clothes and look right. like I didn't have my fucking suit on. And come in that locker room, and I'll be the first one there. Take my stick. Hey, how are you? Coffee. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, screw that. All you young kids out there, or you dads out there, you tell your kid find a way to get him disciplined to be the first guy there. Everybody yep. sees you. you get shit yep. done. You can get in a hot tub before everybody. You get your training stuff, Riley, before anybody else gets there. Before the big dick gets there, and he's on the table for thirty-five minutes. You get there first. They'll work on you. I'm telling you, being disciplined like that got me through a lot of shit, but he was always watching. And I, oh, yeah. I, I love, I love the man. He called, my mom died in December and he oh, called sorry. me and talked. It's all good. He called me and talked to me and always does that stuff. He brought me back. He, he just, he just was good, man. Like he was good. Yeah. He truly yeah, was. Man. 
Yeah, here, well, he's loyal here, to you. so many people say that guys have played for him. It's just I I I find it funny some of the like some of his rules I should say, and you're like, what the fuck does that matter if that is this way? But then you look at his track record, and he's won, and he wins, and he's been very successful, and a lot of respect for the man. I just, I just always chuckle at some of the stories because I remember what what kid that worked for me went there. Uh, we had won the Calder Cup. This is way back 96, 90, 97, 98, Sorry, and then the next year, my buddy Lou went to work there, and he's filling water bottles up, and the Phantoms are playing uh, Albany in Continental Airlines. And oh, then yeah. later, and then later that night, the Flyers are playing uh, the Devils. But anyway, he's filling water bottles up, and I'm like, I haven't seen Lou in a couple months, and I'm like, hey, buddy, and he's like, I'll talk to you in a minute. Not even looking at me, filling the water <laughs> bottles up, and I'm like, what? And he goes, just, just give me a minute. And he wouldn't even look at me. I went, D- are you okay? And he goes, Lou, he goes, Lou's <laughs> over there. He's watching me. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Well, you can't say hi to me. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Nope. <laughs> You're working. They wouldn't say his name. They would always go like, they would go, yes, because oh, I know. Like, it's like Mr. Deeds is butler. Hey, you're underestimating my sneakiness. Yeah, right. You know, like they turn around and he'd be there. You know? I told you, I feel his presence now. He's listening yeah. to us right now. Like yeah, he truly totally is. is. And if I'm him, I, I, I would, I, I think I would be that way. And, and so not that full extent. But I would. I want to know what's going on. If I'm running the show, I want to know what's going on with everybody. I want everybody yeah. on the same page. I don't want this guy to be too high. I, I want everything balanced out a little bit. You're on right. my time now. I'm in control. This is what I want. I I like that. Now, if you're an older guy making $10 million, like Kobe or whatever, like he's probably like, fuck. Kobe was awesome, by the way. Kovalchuk. Yeah, yeah, right. Loved him. Sure. Such a good dude. Oh, God. So I... But again, I love Jersey, man. The people in Jersey are hardcore. T- again, I always had buddies. Like I always found, but I'm such a social butterfly, man. I, even if I play for, I met people everywhere. And Kate and I go up to Jersey, like we know people. Like I, I love that. But you don't want to be that. You don't be like oh, I'm hanging with my buddies, and then the guys are doing their thing. Like there's a balance to everything when it comes to that too. But right. uh, but Lou is fun, man. Like Lou, Lou is Lou is good to deal with. And it, it worked for me. I should say he's fun, but he's good to deal with. <laughs> the, the boys were fun, is what I meant to say. And Jersey was fun. And I love yeah. going out there and hanging with the guys, man. I, I truly do. They were fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Man, but you, you do got to, uh, you know, give the guy some props on like his, his approach to discipline. Like as you're everything you're saying, like like you're a wild guy. And if you went to any other situation, you might not have had that structure and that discipline to really kind of get you to that you next, last the next it level. As long as I mean, it lasts as long as you have come back around. And like, obviously you were loyal to them. He was loyal to you. And, and um, yeah, some of his things may be a little quirky, but like he does know how to obviously uh, yep. create a professional ship there that guys, you know, buy into obviously. Um, so I can, I can appreciate, uh, you know, where you're coming from. Like you said, if you'd gone to St. Louis, it might have been a nightmare, you know, as cool yeah, as it, it would have been. I would have yeah. been hanging out with Keith Kachuk and that's yeah, right. 30 pounds overweight. <laughs> yeah, right. I got to hang out with him when I was a little bit more mature and we had a good time together. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah. uh, that's great. That's great. Well, um, over the years, like who, who would you say, um, maybe you don't have just one, but who is your favorite coach or, or coaches? Oh, um, well, there's a couple, you know, growing up in St. Louis, like I kind of, 
like everything was kind of in the early nineties hockey in St. Louis was, we had the rinks, but it just wasn't a tight net like it is now. So it was kind of like, a, so I had a couple of good coaches, a couple of bad coaches growing up. Don Morehouse was a great discipline coach. He knew that I was again, you know, the loud guy on a team. I was scoring. I was doing that in AAA. Like he helped me. Uh, I would say the first coach that really got to me was Robbie Fatorik during the oh, 04 wow. lockout. He was yep. so awesome. And he knew I was wild. And he called me out in front of everybody. And I'd be like, what? He's like, well, what are you doing this? I'm like, I got you. I got you. Watch me next time. Like that kind of stuff. Right? Like yeah. he said, be like, well, no. I'm like, okay, Robbie, watch. Like I had an awesome like, connection with him with that. In practice, maybe he'd yell at me to get me. So if my energy was going and everybody else is kind of going, like he knew how to do that. And you know what else he did? And you'd appreciate this, Coach. Like a couple times I'm fighting everybody. I'm a kid. Still young, man. Like, yeah. And Brandon Sugden wanted me bad. And I already <laughs> fought that night. And Robbie goes, No, you're not going to. And Suggy Sugar was knocking cats out. Oh, you know, yeah, like he was knocking oh, cats yeah. out. And he was smart. And he wasn't like big. And he's not just going to ragdoll me. He's going to, I'm going to make a mistake. And he's going to catch me with that really quick right. Like he's knew how to get a balance and, and, and get you. And Robbie didn't let me fight him. And I'm like, big, 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 big. He's like, shut the fuck up. Sit down. No, you're not. And I think like little things like that. He also did that with Colton Orr. Fought somebody else that night, and Orzi wanted me. And Orzi was knocking guys out. And he didn't mm – -hmm. maybe my hand was messed up or something. Like little things like that, he protected me. And I don't know. Like I was going everybody wild, but there's a couple times where I was in a weird spot where maybe I was hurt or something, and he just – he would protect me. And I just thought that was so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful. Little yeah, things like that, man, sitting in the back of your head, dude. You're like, okay. Yeah, so. well, that's powerful because he knows how much of a gamer you are. And you would have probably fought those guys if he hadn't said that just because, you know, the, the pride and, you know, the, the street cred yeah. and all the stuff you're trying to provide. But have a, have a coach like that have your back. Uh, I know. Uh, is, is, is powerful, right? Yeah, it's, it uh, is. It's, it's showing that he really cares about you, right? Because yes. it's easy to just go, like, you know, go out there and, you know, do your thing. But Well, it was also – like he knew I was getting called up a week later and I didn't oh, know. Okay. Right. So he, cause I did. And he's like, no, don't sit and yeah, bitching like a, like a, you know, a yeah. young kid. He's like, shut the fuck up and sit down. Like, yeah. all right, damn. And now, yeah. you know, <laughs> now, yeah, you know, so yeah, that is, awesome. I love that's, that. That's really dude. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, appreciate really that. Cool. No, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, I mean, you're in the media now and we, we, we kind of go heavy on the flyers a little bit uh, as you've been following and you know, like, you know, shit's hit the fan here. There's been obviously some some changes. Uh, what uh, what are your, your opinions on, uh, on on the flyers current state of affairs, Danny B and, and the direction moving forward? Oh, look, if you want me to break down the Philadelphia Flyers of all the guys you get on your podcast, like I'm going to disappoint you beyond belief. Now, <laughs> like, okay, like think about that. You guys have been watching every damn day of what's going on. So if I'm going to act like I know my, what my opinion would be on it, I'm just lying to the people and I'm not going to do that. The poor Danny, I like Danny Bear. We've had him on. Nicest mm -hmm. guy in the world. Yeah. Will he be okay? To, I, I, smart dude. Like I think he's confident. Like you look at him, he's just very soft-spoken. But he's like, you know, I, I played a lot of games. I've done a lot of things. No, I'm going to be in charge. Now, his son's situation is kind of goofy. I feel bad for him on that. Yeah, it's tough. It's not that yeah. big of a deal. Don't get me wrong. But it's still an obstacle that you have to deal with. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
But you guys are in a weird spot, man. Like you are. Like it's been bad for a little while now. I think, and not to chirp too much, because I again I don't know, so now I have to be kind of witty and funny. Gritty is still your number one player, I think, <laughs> as a whole. I know you're probably like, yeah, it's funny. But I, no, I, a lot I of people it's, it's he's awesome, by the way. Just let him do yeah. his yeah. thing. If he gets a hand, <laughs> gets shit. It's funny. But you gotta do something. And the people in Philly are getting pissed and they're mm-hmm. spending goddamn money and they want something and it's been too long. If this happens with the blues, what's been going on for long with, with the flyers, there's going to yeah. be problems in St. Louis. There's going right. to be sponsor problems. There's going to be attendance problems. And it's going to be a trickle down effect. And the, the fucking city has problems. You know why? Cause you go watch the city soccer team fuck play. You want to watch this. You want to watch that. You have options. So right. you got to get, Things need to happen, and they need to happen quick. Because the people there are getting pissed. What's the attendance like? I know they're diehard, but is attendance okay? It's like, not are, are no, nearly it's not. where no. it usually is. Ne- every day's yeah. negative, negative, negative. So now you think of this brand, all the players playing on that team. When you think of this team, it's always you're in that negative spell. Like throughout history, you're always going to remember it as a sh- that shit team. You got to figure this thing out, and you got to do it quick. What do you guys think the problem is? What is their next step? Shit, you might get a got a good player coming out of this draft. You better draft well. well yeah, that's... you got to draft well. Yeah. And I I don't know how quickly this is going to happen. It could depend on how lucky they get with the lottery ball. Yeah, right. Uh, but so. uh, that'd be something. But uh, Danny's got his. He's been left with a lot to deal with, and I have confidence in him. I, I'm hoping that interim tag comes off sooner than later. Uh, but he's got some work to do, and I don't know how quickly it's going to be able to happen. But well, it's not an easy fix. It's, it's, de- it's definitely, definitely not. Isn't. I mean, you said it's been a few years coming, and um, you, you said the, the 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 only starting point is draft well, right? Start there. You have to draft well, and they, these guys have to play and be players. If you can get lucky with, you know, a lottery, that would be some gravy. And you know, obviously, you could build your whole franchise around that. But you know, um, outside of that, you Where have you to. You right have now. To, where's the where are the Phillies well, at or Flyers they, at right now it's funny because it's funny because they're 501 in their last six games the yeah. Flyers oh, the Blues are doing the same so, thing yeah yeah so, yeah. so Daddy so they, they been trickled there, yeah. the wrong way yeah <laughs> and I people know. it was funny we were talking about earlier that uh we read on one of our social media sites that it had the Flyers winning and someone said they got to lose. We got to start losing. Yeah. Like, they're not <laughs> oh, going to try to lose, you know? Well, I mean, the, the worst thing to be is kind of bad. That's the worst position. Bad. Yeah, right. Kind of yeah. bad. Meaning you're yeah. not making the playoffs yeah. and you don't get – and you're just like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a, a winning spree here. Well, no. <laughs> be competitive. Yeah. Make sure the, 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 the youth are, uh, you know, growing – the right way in a positive way because if you keep losing games and the young kids are out there, you get used to losing. Right. And you're like, oh, yep. you lost again. Like, you know, when you play on a winning team, like if you lose, everybody's like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? What are we doing? Yeah. Or right. if you're on a losing team and you're, you're eh, where are we going tonight? You know, you accept the difference. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. What happened? Uh, whatever. So it, it, there's a big difference with that. You never want to have your young kids. At trying to develop, and they have that losing fucking attitude that sucks. But as fans, and as be in the media now, if we call ourselves medium. We're, we're entertainers, is what we are. Like yeah. <laughs> maybe you guys, like, but I, I'm an entertainer. That's all I want to be. Yeah. Call me a clown. I don't give a shit. Don't take me seriously. Entertainer. <laughs> but right. on the other hand, man, like you're gonna 
you're going to have to figure something out. You're going to have to balance it by being competitive, but you also don't want to kind of almost get there and not get there and lose out on a, maybe a monster pick that could change. Oh, no kidding. Right? Yeah. Hey, do you want Connor Bedard to go to Arizona? Absolutely like, where do you not. Want, where do you could want you, that kid to go? Hey, hang on one second. Could Besides, you imagine? Could you imagine this 18 year old right there at ASU? Oh yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. That's yeah. 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 Nope. But he would have fun walking to... around campus. Yeah, right. You'll you right. you have fun walking around anywhere, kid. And you know well, what? You could do anything point. he wants. He might be good the most point. popular kid in the NHL right now. That kid yeah. is yeah. super yeah. popular. It's unbelievable. Yep. But if he goes to Arizona, like I love yeah. Clayton Keller, St. Louis kid. Like, what yep. are they doing down there? Like, that would that be good? Would that speed up the process to make that organization relevant. Like, I don't, I don't know. I like Bill Armstrong. He was awesome to me in St. Louis. He's got his hands full, but he's also in a spot where he didn't create it. So he's okay. He's got some time to figure shit out. But where do you want that superstar to go? Like, where would you want him to go? What would be a good fit? You'd think Chicago Blackhawks after some shit, they went down. I do like Joe Quinville, the shit that went down there was kind of weird. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, all that yeah. stuff. Do they deserve the monster after having all those other guys winning three Stanley Cups? What do you guys think? What about Montreal? It seems like uh, I don't know where they are, but I'm just thinking league, the league, if the league, you know. I'm yeah. not saying it's yeah, rigged. They're going to be okay anyway, though. Like, Montreal's right. always yeah, going right. to be steady. Right. So don't That's you true. want them to go to – what about Anaheim with Zegras and Terry? Yeah, right. And they build that up. Yeah. That'd be a nice if you make yeah. that pimping, rock and rolling. Just look at the stud, handsome kid in Anaheim. Yeah. You build that up. I'm just thinking for the greater good of the game. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the league, how much the league has to do with it. You know, I know. Like, we don't see What's the that one. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Right, it's a good Arizona. question. That's what he wants. <laughs> That's yeah, what I think he, he wants. Up. Yeah, I'm he sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting how it all plays out. Obviously, uh, you know, all the Flyer fans are, you know, crossing their fingers. Uh, you know, a big market. I mean, it's, you know, be good. the organization could use some help since, you know, they have such, you know, distinguished roots and, you know, a legitimate fan base and all that. But, you know, that's just probably a biased opinion. But we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Danny B's got his hands full. I mean, he, he come into a, you say, a, a mess. Um, you know, if it, 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 I guess it, it is that, you know, to some degree. So, Time will tell, but I think starting with drafting, you just see whether you get him or not. Uh, you, you have to nail your picks, as you know. You These guys got to play. You got to figure it out. Yeah, so um, we will see how that plays out. I know other teams are in the same type of predicament, so it's not you know it's not exclusive to the Flyers. But uh, time will tell. Draft starting with the draft and and building from there. But uh, well, before we let you go, Cam, I know you know you got a lot of stuff going on, but you, as Nasty mentioned at the start, you got your own you got your own show. Uh, why don't you plug that a little bit and where you know where people can find you and and you know some social media and all well, that? The radio show, like people in Philly, probably want to listen to their hometown stuff, you know. So like you know, <laughs> I, I, but I do do a, a three hour. I host a three hour radio show every morning, uh, oh. Monday through Friday. I love it. I gotta get up at like four fifteen, get and learn about not just Blues or Cardinals. Like I gotta learn what's going on in the city. What's up with this different thing? Was there a tornado that happened? Like I, like I, I'm interested in all that kind of shit. So, like it's I, I, like I'm not just like hockey or like I'm interested in all kinds of stuff, man. Like I'm like curious as hell. So I do that. But the the podcast, man, we always get guys on Andy and I, Andy Strickland and I, 
We like to get guys on there. Just maybe no one's talked to. So we've got like a Cody Hodgins played for Nashville. And like, okay, who's that? Well, he's a tenth overall pick. He was in Vancouver. They treated him like shit. And they're like, what are you doing? He, he's like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. There's this weird thing he had with the spine. They didn't know what the hell was going on. He had to retire early. He signed a monster ticket in Buffalo. The nicest kid in the world. But like all this drama happened with him. And, uh, you know, he had to like tell a story. Like I had a, this horrible thing that went on. It's a weird distant process. Some disease he had in his back. Uh, so we love to get guys like, like that on. We also like to get guys that are like, you know, addicted. Like it went through shit. Yeah. Um, but it's always good to get some of the old school '90s dudes on. You know, yeah. They're just like it's just a different. They're just like, ah, what's up? They don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, like, right. you know, the guys that aren't associated with anybody. So yeah, like, exactly. Whoa, whoa. They're like, no, dude, this happened. I don't. Care yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, with some of those old yeah. school GMs that aren't working anymore. They're like, no, wait. I went through hell with this story. Here's mm. the real story on it. Blah blah blah. So right. Andy, Andy does a good job of picking out who we need and stuff like that. But we do get a good gig, man, to be able to reconnect yeah. like this, dude. Yeah, to shoot awesome. shit like this for all of that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty it's cool a lot stuff. of fun. It yeah, fun. your hair looks good too, by the way. You look good, man. You look young, dude. Coach, are you, you talking? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, right yeah you look young. Yeah, you thanks, man. Well, I'm not destroying myself anymore, Cam. As you know, <laughs> I know. Man. I was gonna I, say, I, I, I take care of myself. Yeah, I yeah, didn't thanks. know. You, I can't. I don't have anything to compare you to, but you, <laughs> I know. Great. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, you got, you gotta funny. give Nasty some credit he, too. He he, I, he looks great I, too. Thanks, Cap. I uh, it's so funny. Like how many times I've seen this man, you know, in my life and passed him, walked by him in the locker room. But you know, equipment pigeons, you're not gonna notice the other team's equipment guy. Like why I would remember, you? I remember all you guys, but I I don't like I, I just. Man, yeah, there's no, a lot I of shit that went down. Oh, so, no shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I, uh, but yeah, man. No, I, I was always good to all you guys. And you always yeah. hooked me up with beer and stuff like that. I just, <laughs> I always yeah. took care of it. I love it, man. It's one thing. But we I, had I'm to glad do. you guys are doing well. Thank Seriously. you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And we yeah. appreciate you hopping on, man. It's good to see you reconnect yeah, and, man. uh, you know, wish you the best with your show and your radio show and all the stuff you're into. I know you got a lot of stuff going on and, yeah, man. Any anything we can do to help you out? Let us know. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I want you to come on the pod. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Two point oh. Rain a little bit. Yeah. Just do yeah, it, exactly. man. Exactly. Right. Let see me know, you guys. All right. Thanks, Have Cam. Appreciate, appreciate you, you right bro. On, Big thank you to our boy Cam Jansen. What a yes, beauty! Just an absolute beauty. I love his enthusiasm. Man. Oh yeah. He he didn't like fighting. He hated but it. He hated it. But jeez. He was a man. He was one of those guys, man. That. When when I knew we were playing him, it was just, knew. oh, I knew <laughs> he's knew. gamer. But it's just like I just like just know how he is and how yep. intense he was, and he and, was and just uh, you know just the, the charade and warm ups and just everything was just like <laughs> about the show. But oh, uh, what an man. amazing career, man! This guy yeah. did a hell of a job for himself. I mean, undersized guy that was strong as hell and yeah. had endurance like nothing I've ever seen. He before. wanted to, he was like Bolton kind of. He wanted those fights to go. Oh yeah, like he tired guys out the yeah. first. 30 seconds, 45 seconds even. And just saw, saw, well, we mentioned it, but I saw a few good fights uh, in the past week, actually, on hockeyfights.com. Like, they were long, and he's telling, you know, oh, yeah. he, you know, we yeah, talked about that to... as well. Stay out. Wow. Yeah. But uh, great guy. Yeah. Thanks for having him. Yeah. Thanks for him coming on. And um, 
his show does a really good job as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah he does a hell of a job. He's a good personality, yeah, good true. character. Yeah. So I'm I'm not surprised he's having success there. So yeah. wish him the best. Appreciate uh, Cam hopping on, and uh, I think it's time to ask. Is it time for clear questions? It is. Brought to you by Clear Rum. Oh, yeah. Go Let's check go. out clearrum.com. We were missing a couple. Riles was just... Uh, oh, you're sipping. You're always oh, sipping there, Nast. They're good. What yeah. do you want me to do? Get a reload. Tastes like that. I know. Boys, if you're listening, need a reload. Boys, send it in. They're good. But let's get to the clear questions. All right, baller. Brooke Sylvester over on Instagram. She wants to know, who are your favorite NHL players that you look up to? Could be retired or still playing. Sly asked that. <laughs> Sly. That's her nickname. Sly Stallone. That's oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, NHL players that... Well, I'll, st- I'll start. You, 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 you got you got the moose on the wall. Mark Messier was, uh, you know, a uh, a guy I, I looked up to growing up. I wore number eleven because of him, and then landed up wearing number eleven because of Scott O'Neill, who was a Winnipeg Jet. Uh, another guy who never thought I'd be a fighter was Ty Domi. You know, he was a guy yeah. that just like played for the Winnipeg Jets and just loved uh, loved what he represented and the passion. It was another guy I looked up to, and then. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Wayne Gretzky was always on the map, but I think like Mark Messier was kind of like my guy uh, growing up. Um, you know, once I turned pro, I'm not really sure I had a guy that I was, you know, totally uh, looking up to. Uh, I was definitely looking at, at that point, looking at fighters, right? Because I was trying to be one. Um, um, so I kind of like <laughs> lost track of playing hockey and just kind of <laughs> got swallowed up in that, and you know, started studying Bob Probert and some of these guys and. You know, those guys definitely came on the map. But Mark Messier, I would say, was probably the guy growing up uh, as far as the overall package. Right. What you asked. Yeah. Well, for me, it's a little different. I didn't grow up, like, I grew up around hockey, um, but not playing it like you. So I, my people I looked up to were basketball because I was so much into basketball. But I always liked the fighters. Mm-hmm. So I loved Craig Berube. I oh, loved yeah. Chief as a kid. and then And then once I got into hockey, like, seeing guys like Mark Messier and the way they were and the way they handled themselves and, and uh, true captains like that. And Steve yeah. Eiserman mm-hmm. is a big fan of him. Um, those are a couple of guys, you know, so I got to say Moose and Steve Eiserman and e- even like, even Clarky because I was a kid, right. you know, like, and I watched him and how he treated everyone around and um, guys like that. Yep. Yeah, I actually respect Mark Messier more now than I did growing up, just knowing him a little bit and seeing what he represents and, yeah. and, and kind of seeing where his leadership qualities came from. It's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, so, you know, the way he played was one thing, but, you know, he mentioned how professional and how he carried himself off the ice. I mean, this guy is legitimate professional. Yeah, yes, so. 100%. Nast, I was hoping you were going to mention our buddy Richie. Well, I mean, I loved Richie, but I'm older than him. So, it was like, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, not by much, not by much. <laughs> obviously one of my favorite players Richie like it's not even close you guys know that but I was just trying to think of when I was a little younger like watching those guys I know he was one of your favorites that's why I mentioned it but uh, team president team president you're right he did he did uh, he (laughs) did message us and he wants his name thrown in that hat Danny B just so you know the Rick Bone is interested in being the president yeah of the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's tee up an interview. Let's do it. He's good. He's on his boat right now yeah. in Florida, <laughs> yeah. but he's checking Twitter <laughs> yeah. every hour. He'll tune into his Starlink, bring yes. out his Zoom, and we can do it right from the boat. That's right. Right from the boat. Anthony Giampalo over on Twitter, he wants to know, what does the travel process look like for the equipment team as compared to the players? 
Well, you guys just show up and jump on a sick oh, yeah. bird and <laughs> eat like privileged. Yeah, no, it, it is um, for for the equipment. You're you're always preparing the day before, basically for the next day. It's kind of like what you do every day. Everything you do the day before is for the next day. Yeah. Um. So, if we were flying out, say today, we had two sets of equipment. Most teams do now, unless they're in one building all the time, like Detroit, Columbus. They they have their practice facilities uh, connected. But uh, we would – all the game gear would be packed, so all we had to do was take the trunks and then skates and goalies to the plane. The other the other gear would be, go from the center there. Um, but for you guys, it was basically – Hop on the plane. Hop on the plane and, and go. So yeah. either way, both were uh, – Super spoiled, you know, you, you know, being able to travel like that, no lines, big first class seats and nice meals and all that stuff. Didn't take that for granted. That's for your, you do remember it when you get on a plane uh, now, though. Yeah, yeah, right. Unless we're on Debo's private jet. GMO I mean, peanuts. Yeah, in your, yeah. <laughs> want some cashews or pretzels? Yeah. Let me, let me see. <laughs> uh, but I do got to say for, for the listeners that really don't understand how much work goes into your, your, your job there, it was, it's insane. The amount of hours and the prep and, yeah. the, you know, I mean, how many details, I mean, because everything's got to go. You got to have everything and there's so much prep involved. And, and then on the back end too, that's on like the front end, you know, right. the, the late nights getting back at the crack of dawn and having unpacked bags and set, set stuff up for the next day. Yeah. Um, it's, it's know. funny. It's just, I always just felt like that's the one thing about doing the job is you're always preparing for the next, the next day, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, it's fun. It's a lot of work. Nowadays, it's it's nicer because you have more help. Right. Um, but uh, it is. It's a lot of hours. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Those those guys that do that job, still doing it, do a really good job. Yeah. Well, props to you guys. It's, yeah, man. Uh, keep the machine well oiled for sure. Yeah, you have to. You have to. We got one more from Mike A over on Twitter. He said, "Do players have sponsorship contracts with equipment companies, saying that they can only wear that company's gear?" Or can they wear whatever they want? Well, you can wear whatever you want, but you also, if you do sign a deal, you wear, you know, but you you wear that company. There's guys where you'll say, I'm a head-to-toe Bauer guy, which means skates, pants, gloves, helmet, uh, stick. Uh, Like, Provy was a head-to-toe guy with Bauer. Mm -hmm. Now he's in CCM skates. So he gets a deal... For skates, you know, I'm not saying it's some huge lucrative, like, money deal, but you still get a deal, and he still gets a deal for wearing Bauer pants, gloves, right. uh, stuff like that. So I always kidded around with Coots, called him a gear whore because he wore something <laughs> different. He wore a CCM <laughs> helmet, from every warrior gloves, Bauer skate, or uh, Bauer skates, Bauer stick, or he'd switch it around, but... Um, that seems to be the way to go, right? <laughs> if you can, if totally. you can do that, because you get something from everyone. Because the companies aren't throwing out those huge deals like they used to. Yeah. Um. Only in really big markets like Montreal and Toronto, you you'll see like guys get thirty grand for wearing gloves. Like it's just stupid. for gloves. Eh? Well, well, like if years a few years back, I don't know where it is now, but um, you know, or stick and glove. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sure Mitch Marner is being paid really well to use a true stick you know what i mean yeah right um and the gloves but uh anyway that's kind of how it worked yeah you had a deal 
I had a deal, yeah. CCM. CCM. CCM guy. Mission, too. You got me a yeah, deal with Mission. Yeah, you had that first year. You had the helmet. Rock in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I actually like that helmet. Did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. A lot that of guys used to wear that helmet. Yeah, it's actually when they stopped, mate, when they stopped paying the league deal, they got out. Um, guys were wearing that helmet for a while. They would just put tape over the Mission logo. Oh, yeah. But then, you know, the rules came in where you're, you're supposed to change your helmet every year. Oh yeah, but some you can tell some guys don't. Of course, yeah. If Toby was around, I would have rocked a Toby. I Hopefully know they would have paid me. I know, Toby. I would have scored a couple more. Who, there'll, who knows? There'll be some guys in it next year, so we'll see. We'll see that coming. Maybe some gloves too. Oh yeah, it's the word on the street. That's the word. It's the word. But uh, it would have been a nice little package deal. That would have been. Can you imagine? You would have been the highest paid guy for sure. <laughs> oh, with definitely. <a> toe. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we're talking about guys like TJ Oshie and some actual snipers yeah. uh, rocking the Tovi and not myself because I would have probably been a poor representation of the blade and technology itself. So. I don't know, man. You could really see that that Diamond Air technology when your blade was on the ice because you could see through it. Oh, yeah. You know, the holes. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, it looks good in men's league. It does. Seems to work for you. But we got to get that well. thing out of men's league into the pros. Getting in there. Yeah. Matter it's of time. Happen. It's going to happen. Time. Oh, yeah. And that's a wrap. Clear questions in the books. Yes. Yep. Debo, then, calm down. We're gonna get we're gonna get Cap too. By the way, I'm getting him. <laughs> what was this? What was this? <laughs> oh, oh man! That's well, that's a wrap. Episode one eleven in the books. Appreciate you, listeners. Anyone watching? Make sure to subscribe, like our content. We'll be pumping out lots more big things coming down the pipe. Yes. And uh, that's a wrap. Until next week for episode 112, stay safe, knuckleheads. See ya.